Happy Friday. Thanks for joining me today. Today I'm going to be answering your questions that you've been asking me on my YouTube channel. I like to do this. been trying to do it about every Friday and it's a good time for you to hear what other people are asking and sometimes that's exactly what you're asking. Hey everybody, David Burns going to be with you today. Let's jump right into it. I have a question here. Amber says, you mentioned feeding your bees one-to-one -one on March the 4th. I'm in Oklahoma and I'm curious when is your last frost date and do you worry about having a freeze after beginning the one-to-one? -one? Sorry I missed the live stream. I was at our monthly beekeeping meeting. <laughs> well, live stream was a lot of fun last night. Uh, a lot of good questions. We had uh, uh, 470 some odd people on there at one time which is good for our channel. We've been about a year in doing live streams. So if you are not familiar with my live streams, Thursday night, 7 p.m. Q&A, 59 minutes of more fun than you can endure. So uh, try to jump in there on uh, Thursday night. I'll leave a link right here in the description and in the screen. You can join us on Thursday night. I'd like to see us reach 500 people uh, watching at one time. So maybe next Thursday will be that time we cross the 500 mark. We did cross the one year anniversary back in February. So that's been a lot of fun. Now to your question, um, yeah, good question. So it really isn't about what day. I know we want to be formulaic and kind of be a more like a cookbook science on bees, but we can't do that because the weather is not predictable. We would love the weather to be predictable, but it's not. So my first frost could be anywhere within a three-week window. Really could be, or my last frost, I guess. So, you know, it's kind of hard to tell. So the, what I go by in determining this is just a sheer luck of the draw. It, it, I'm hedging my bets, really. It's a crapshoot. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out, I want to I wanna backdate when I need foragers. And so I calculated out to be approximately 40, 45 days from when the queen starts laying a lot of eggs to when I have a lot of foragers, that those eggs become foragers, right? You know, uh, when she lays an egg, it takes 21 days for that worker to emerge, and then about another 23 days after that for that worker to begin foraging. So I try to figure out when I'm going to have dandelions. That's going to be the first sign of good warm weather, good foraging. And then I go back 42 days and try to stimulate my hive by feeding them one-to-one -one sugar water with my special additives to make that uh, queen start laying a lot of brood. And I need the liquid sugar water to support the nurse bees that will be feeding the brood uh, as larvae. So that's all calculated out and there's just no exact science to it. It's just guessing. <laughs> I could get a hard freeze and kind of stunt the growth of my hive, but it won't be too bad. It won't be that, um, that many days of warm weather. They'll survive a cold snap, a freak Alberta clipper. So I go more by um, history, what has been my case where I live, but I would say dandelions are going to be your target date. So, you know, when you expect to see those dandelions coming on pretty strong, that's when you need to back up 42 days. <laughs> you got to go back in the past uh, in your special time machine, I guess, and uh, start trying to get the bees in the hive to start growing 42 days before your first nectar flow. 
Next question. My wife and I keep bees. She's very worried about bees swarming and getting into my neighbor's house. Do you have any suggestions about how I can quell her fears? So the fear is uh, legitimate. Like if we have a bunch of bees in our in the city here and all at once my bees swarm, which all really healthy bees will do. Um, maybe that swarm will go into my neighbor's house and start building comb in their wall. I'll be responsible for that. Well, the best way that you can deal with that is by swarm prevention. You can do, you can watch my video. Let's see. I'll try to leave a link in the description on the Damari method or the Demaray method of swarm control. Uh, I have made video, many videos about swarm control and I have an online spring beekeeping course teaching you how to make splits and control swarms. But all that said, swarms, there's no 100% swarm prevention method. Bees will swarm, they wanna reproduce, but do your best to keep them from swarming is about the only thing that you can do, really. Now, before we get into our next comment, Bobblehead David is here encouraging you guys to please subscribe to my channel, means so much. Click on the bell, give me a thumbs up, I really do appreciate it. Now, let's get into the next comment. Next question. Hey, David, everybody and everybody, it's time for me to get a new bee jacket. Anyone have any recommendations? Um, not really. I got one here. Um, this is my go-to bee jacket right here. I bought it uh, a long time ago. It has held up so well. As you know, I'm hard on bee jackets. Um, it's ventilated here. Piece of duct tape is, is there just in case I need the duct tape. It's not blocking any holes or anything. Got the big wide plastic zipper so it doesn't jam up and get a problem. I don't have any zipper down the front. I just zip around the, the front of my neck to throw my hat on and off. I don't have, I don't want to unzip it. I just pull this over. I don't wash these. Some of you ask me, do I wash it? No, I don't. I'm just a clean operator, I guess. So, um, this is by a company, and I don't know if they sell them anymore, but it's by a company called Glory Bee. I bought it from them. So there's a lot of people that sell jackets. This is not a paid promotion. I'm not, um, I'm not promoting any certain company over the other. Just telling you my experience. Check it out. It's got a little ventilation here, uh, double ventilation uh, uh, screens here to keep your arms a little cooler. And in the back, look at the ventilation there. I do like the round hats. I don't like the, the kind of like the parka jacket hats that are oval like that. The screen can fall against my face. I like the uh, round veils like this that the hats keep the, the veil away from my face. So that gives you any idea. By the way, this is the bonus tip. I'm glad you watched all the way here because look at this. At the sleeve, we have this little thing. <laughs> Do any of you know what this little thing is at the end of your sleeves? Aha! Some of you are like, oh, I can't believe he's going to tell us. I've always wondered what that was. Well, this is worth watching the video because when you put your hand through your sleeve, it is a little um, kind of a catch there. When you put your thumb through it and it keeps your sleeve from falling backward. Excuse me. It allows the sleeve to stay kind of tight. Now mine's kind of worn out. I may have to tie a knot in it, but it keeps your sleeve from sliding up your arm. Oh, you were wondering what that was. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's get into the next question. Opened my hive up for the first time since August. Four frames looked weird. Looked like grayish brain. Can't find anything about it online. 
you know, uh, you, you might know what it is or where to find an answer. Thanks. Um, I wish I had a picture. I would assess the picture and give you a better idea. I think I know what it is though. This sounds like to me to be wax bloom, it's called. And that's when the wax surface kind of gets um, oxidated. It kind of starts developing a bloom. You, I, I have some wax around here with wax bloom on it. And wax bloom does appear gray. So I'm kind of thinking that I have seen it also on some of my honeycombs as well. I'm thinking wax bloom. So I would suggest you go online, go Google it, look up wax bloom and look for images and see if it's not what you're looking at. Uh, could be, but without seeing a picture, I'm not really 100% sure. Hey, I'm 23. When I get my own home, I definitely want to start this hobby. I was wondering if I need home in the country or to do this, uh, can it be done in the, in the city? I live in Southern Canada, two hours from the American border. Um, it This is really dependent upon the community that you live in, the municipality, the city, the town, what their policy, their laws are regarding wild animals or bees in your community. So if you find in their ordinances, they do allow bees, bees will do fine in the city. There's a lot of considerations when you're doing urban beekeeping that come into account. Like I said earlier, you want to prevent swarms so they don't scare your neighbors. And you want to keep your bees um, so they don't bother other people. Keep them off on the back of your property. Don't put them next to the fence of your neighbor where your neighbor's children play right next to that fence. In other words, be wise about that. But uh, you'll have to investigate. But yeah, there are a lot of people in the city that have bees up on their rooftops, on their balconies. Um, in their communities. And if it's allowed, remember bees fly several miles away. So they, the foragers really aren't ever going to be seen by your neighbors. Next uh, comment, looking good, David. Still a bit early to get excited, but fingers crossed. I love the progress of the little round hive. Made a video about the little round hive. If you haven't seen that video, I got this little round hive off Amazon. I thought, man, that, that's not going to work. Bees will die so quick in that little thing. They're still, oh, I can't tell you. <laughs> but you need to watch my video about are they dead or alive after two winters of me not doing anything to them. Um, let's see. Happy to see. Oh, okay, this is not the time to let you, let your guard down. I like this comment. This is not the time to let your guard down, folks. Late winter, early spring is prime time for colonies to quickly and suddenly starve out as brood rearing ramps up. That is so true. Thank you for leaving that comment. Quickly using up their last bit of food stores before natural forage is available. That is so, so true. Happy beekeeping from Newfound Newfoundland. Newfoundland? I always wonder if that's Newfoundland or it's not Newfoundland. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, Big, big, big push right there as well from me to you is that don't let your guard down. Just because you're having some warm-ups and your bees appear to be bringing in some pollen here and there from who knows where, right? Boy, they can die so quick now. March is the month for Illinois that we see the biggest number of bees perish. They look good in February, but now, like he said or she said, they're running out of food and they're making a lot of brood and so, very critical time. 
Hey, Brian Bennett says, wow, that small round hive looks great. That's a great queen, I bet. See you tonight on live stream. I want to address that. Nobody knows how good that queen is, right? Wow, Bobblehead David's like going crazy over there. He got excited. Um, we don't really know the condition of the queen. We always want to credit the success or the lack of success of a hive to the queen, meaning that all her progeny are really great or they're not great from her, her genetic traits and all. It doesn't always mean that. Sometimes you can have bees uh, that are doing fantastic and it may not be necessarily all dependent upon how well the queen is. Although most of the times we feel that we want to select a good queen so that all of her daughters do a great job uh, with the hive. But it could be the hive itself. It could be the configuration of that hive. We could put a, uh, a not so good queen in there and maybe that little round hive, that could be the entire answer to all the beekeeping problems ever known to mankind is to put them in a tiny little round hive. So <laughs> we just don't know. I would have to buy 30, at least 30 little round hives and put in multiple different types of bees. And over here, I would have to have 30 Langstroth hives and maybe 30 Layens hives and just test all these things out and I don't have the time to do that. <laughs> so we don't know, but I understand your reasoning, Brian, that maybe that's a great queen. So who knows? I could, I could put that same group of bees in a Langstroth hive and they may not have the same success. Don't really know for sure, right? But a good thought. Next comment. Can you remove the winter bee kind candy and place it over the cluster or is it really stuck? No, the winter bee kind is usually stuck to the board. And so you can rotate that board, which puts the opening in the back, not a big deal, but you can, you can kind of shift it that way. If they're eating on one side and you want them to eat on the other side, you can, you can do that. But sometimes they make the candy, uh, dislodge from the winter bee kind board and it just sits there on top of them, uh, top of the frames, in other words, when they eat it. Um, but as you saw in the video that I made yesterday, man, I'm all about just put another one on. We manufacture, make, and pour these winter bee kinds, so got a lot of them available and I, it's just easier for me to put a new one on there. Hello, David. Johnny from Lebanon. Was wondering if we could treat our bees with natural plants like thyme, garlic, mint, sage against uh, varroa or other diseases. Thank you for your lovely work. Well, thank you for the compliment. I'm not a big proponent of treating things that I don't know the efficacy, the effectiveness of these different types of natural plants. Uh, another one that I got recently was a question about uh, black maple leaves from the maple tree and some people say that those uh, leaves can be burnt in a smoker and control mites now <laughs> before you do that let me tell you let's see if i can think this through the the black leaf ma maple trees have um a chemical called juglon juglone and that uh i think it's ju J-U-G-L-O-N-E, Juglone. That chemical has been known to um, kill or suppress some of the insects around maple trees, even plants. It's more in the roots, but it is in the leaves. The thing about it is I, I don't see any studies done that, comp uh, that evaluates its effectiveness on the varroa mites burned in the smoker. So that means you can contaminate. It's, it's also harmful for people. So you could contaminate your honey 
maybe if you burnt too many and it got absorbed in your honey. So these things, you know, the poison is in the dose. Is that what the phrase is? So how many leaves do you put in there since we don't know? We could hurt our bees. So all of these things are very challenging when we go out on our own and try to do these natural things. I'm not saying that they're not effective. I'm not saying that, that that's a bad way to go. It may be the right way to go. But right now it's just guesswork and guessing is sort of dangerous. I just re read an article recently where a gentleman died from eating or can, uh, taking too much vitamin D. Now we know vitamin D is good for us, but he had vitamin D poisoning and it killed him. It, it damaged his liver and, and caused a heart attack. So, you know, vitamin D is a vitamin that seems healthy, good for us, the dosage. So all these things that we might want to use that are kind of organic or natural, what's the dosage? Until studies are done to show the effect, our lack of effect on bees or varroa mites, kind of nice to not jump in their head over heels and uh, get in trouble about them. All right, next comment. And the last one looks like. So it's okay. So is it okay to break the propolis seal despite the cold? Edit. I'm still learning. Uh, all the wisdom you can share is very much appreciated. The propolis is a sticky substance that bees gather from different plants and trees. They bring it back into the hive as part of their immune system. We, we used to think it was just a way for them to glue things together. But anytime that bee space is violated on the small size, like less than three-eighths of an inch, they'll propolize stuff. They also propolize the inside of the, of the brood nest area, your frames, your walls in your hive, and it has uh, antimicrobial properties. And so it begins to kind of act as a bee's immune system to keep pathogens down. And what this is, propolis is a way to reduce the amount of work that bees have to use in energy to suppress um, pathogens. So in other words, uh, the propolis will reduce the amount of immune response from the bees themselves because it's acting as a way to uh, shield against those pathogens. <laughs> so the uh, idea that uh, propolis uh, seal being broken, that means they've sealed your top cover or your inner cover down. So when you need to change a candy board or open up the hive during the winter for something and a brief peek in there or something, you never want to lift a frame out unless it's 65 degrees Fahrenheit or higher. But when you break that seal in the cold weather, it doesn't always seal back. Here's a couple of thoughts on that. If you break it quickly and put it back together again within a minute, it usually grabs again because it still is a little warm from being, you know, glued together. Yeah, so it's only when you separate it and both sections get really cold of the propolis that it may not stick together again. So in that case, I've never even trusted it to hold my hives together, the top cover. I always put a big cinder block on top of my hive. Take a look at this. Cinder block being put back after an inspection right here uh, on top of my hives. and. Notice one-handed. Uh, muscle man here. <laughs> so that's a good question. I'm not afraid to break those propolis seals uh, because I'm going to put a big block on there. I need to get in there and take a look at stuff. That's for sure. Hey guys, I want to tell you something. I promised to announce this. Got a big announcement I want to make about my B Team 6. I've been uh, actually uh, 
participating and directing B-Team 6 uh, with all of my mentors throughout the world for about eight years now. So I've been mentoring hundreds of beekeepers each year through my online beekeeping mentorship program, and we're making some cool improvements to this program. We've developed tiers. I want you to take a look at this because right now you might live in a place where you don't have a mentor and you don't have a local bee club that you can have fellowship with and learn about bees with. You may be on your own or you may be somebody that is awkward around other people and you're not comfortable going to a club or being mentored by somebody else. But maybe already you're comfortable with me. Thank you. If you want me to mentor you remotely online and all, I do have a mentorship service that has eight years under its belt with hundreds of beekeepers learning from me. And I'll leave a link right here. We have revised it. So there's, uh, we had a problem in the last few years that it's always full. There's never a vacancy. So with this revision to it and improvement, we do have uh, a way to accommodate those of you. And it's, we've got tiers. So take a look because these different levels will give you an opportunity to plug in where I think it will meet your need. And so take a look at the description down below. You'll see a link to it or right here in this uh, view. And I want you to look at it because I might be the right person to help you uh, and this spring or all year long. And I'd love to have the opportunity to work with you as well. So it's all good information. And a lot of you have been really asking me for it. I know I've been, I told you I was going to have all this done by the first of the year. Okay, I was a couple of months late. <laughs> so uh, lots going on, but I did get this B-Team 6 finally where I think it's really going to work well. I've been evaluating how it works with my um, mentees. And so that has allowed me to collect data over the last eight years and incorporate this uh, mentorship program in a way that can really help you guys out. So be sure and take a look at that. Also, if you want to see the video that I just made, is it dead or alive on the circular hive? And also I show you how uh, my thoughts on getting ready for spring and, and changing out winter bee kind boards. Here's a video right here. Thanks for watching guys. I'll see you over there.